Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti, got a good friend, Chaz Taylor. Chaz, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we just got done playing ball. Um, how'd you play? Uh, today was not a great day, but you know, day. it's about getting out there. That's right. It's about getting out there. Right. You've already learned that, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's just about getting out there, having fun, a little bit of fellowship. It's a great group of guys um, uh, during um, kind of like midway through, right? We stop and do what we call a two-minute drill. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody shares from the Word of God. You shared today about God's wrath. There was a, a hellfire and brimstone. Message. Yeah, I was listening to a Johnny Cash <laughs> on my way into really? basketball this morning, and I, I sent a couple Snapchats to my family and to D Mark. Uh, God's going to cut you down, and when the man comes around, yes. those two songs. Yes, I was listening. I was jamming out to those, and yes. normally I'm listening to like, I know my God is love, <laughs> but yeah, the wrath of God is the related to God the will is, of God. Yes, it is. It is. It, it, it's you know, a component, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, who was it? Uh, um, A.W. Pink um, has a book called The Attributes of God. Okay. Um, and one of the chapters is on his wrath. And it, it gives you a great appreciation um, that love without wrath really isn't love. Yeah. So Love is kind, not nice. That's right. There you go. Very good. Well, um, we're not talking about your, um, your basketball game this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking about uh, some things that you've learned in your journey as a young man. Um, so um, bring the guys up to speed. In fact, you're, it's funny. You're one of the guys I was thinking about, right, as I put this podcast together in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about this, right, is um, I would watch some guys go through life um, and say, you know what, um, they're kind of missing a father figure and they, they need somebody to speak into them. And then there's mm-hmm. guys like you um, who grew up in a great home with a great dad who did things really well. Um, and it's like, how do I get guys like Chaz Taylor um, to share what he learned right, with other guys? And, and you can't meet with everybody, and I can't meet with everybody, but hey, we can sit down and have a conversation, and hopefully yeah, people good. listen and they learn from it. And so mm-hmm. um, for me, this is kind of a, uh, a tool of mentoring and discipleship. Um, and so hopefully guys who are listening are kind of like, okay, what do you have to, what do you have to teach me? What can I learn yeah. from you? So um, we've known each other since you were in... Wow, when did you come over here? Like first grade, second grade? I was in kindergarten. Kindergarten, yeah. Okay, it's been <laughs> that's a that's a the long year two thousand. Oh my goodness, we moved that's to crazy. Texas. That is crazy. So yeah, you moved to Texas, grew up here, um, mm-hmm. got to watch um, you and your three brothers. So uh, the four Taylor boys, and then you guys added D Mark. Yeah. Um, so the five of you guys running around doing life together, um, and uh, it was just it was fun watching you guys uh, do life well as young men. Um, but, uh, but now you're kind of on a, um, that next chapter, right? You know, college, Definitely. law school, um, came back to Dallas to kind of do work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've learned some things along the way. So, um, what else do you want to tell people in, in terms of just like setting up, right? Um, married. Sure. Yeah. You know, I graduated from uh, PCA in 2013, Okay, went to Rice, uh, graduated there 2017. Yeah. And uh, while I was at Rice, I was really involved in a campus ministry called Chi Alpha. Okay. And Chi Alpha, very similar to Crew or uh, FCA, just kind of 
focused on all students, not uh, gender specific. Okay. And it's all about life together, small group ministry, discipleship yep. Yep. Uh, at that time in, in people's lives when they're really starting to, you know, decide for themselves uh, what they believe and what's important and, and what's going to count for their life. And yeah. so. And you said you learned, right, a little three letter principle that yeah. you've been doing so, whole life since then. Uh, while I was there, yep. um, and I love that you mentioned mentorship and, and discipleship and uh, the thought, my, my father uh, and the many other uh, godly men and women that I had in my life growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was through another mentor who came in my life, Josh Bell, uh, who's the leader of Chi Alpha, okay. where I learned these three words that we're going to kind of talk about today. Yeah, let's unpack them. So it's fellowship, devotional life, and responsibility. Fellowship, devotional life, and responsibility. FDR. FDR. So we're not talking about the president. The president. <laughs> uh, we're talking about these key concepts that kind of uh, together um, help to summarize what the Christian life looks like. I like it. And so, yeah, I learned those in college and then went off to law school. Yep. And uh, how, how do these things continue post-college? Because yeah. college is a place where- The rest of your life, people, really. Yeah, the I mean, rest yeah. of my life. Yep. Um, but as an as a almost 29-year-old now- uh, so you learn these things in college, and it's a, just kind of a, a uh, context where you're really living in close proximity with people. You have sure. a lot of free time. Yep. It's very conducive to beginning in these, uh, I guess what I'll call spiritual disciplines yep. and ways of uh, framing life and making decisions. Okay, so and hit, then how do those things continue? So hit pause and, there, because what you said on. I think is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of young people on college campuses that actually listen to this, mm-hmm. and I want you to I want you to say that again. Yeah, because <laughs> because I think a lot of young guys on a college campus are not taking um, that time, mm. that really short season of life that is very different than anything you've ever done before. It's, mm-hmm. it's college is significantly different than you know pre K through twelfth grade. It is where in a, in a weird sense everything's kind of programmed for you and you're really 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 busy. Mm-hmm. But in college, it's a very unique time in your life where you really do have a lot of free time, you said, yeah. right? Where you're supposed to be in class, you know, for an hour and then studying for three, right? As opposed to in class for three hours and studying for one, which mm-hmm. is kind of the normal high school thing. Um, not everybody, you know, is in class for an hour and then studies for three. Right. <laughs> but you do have a lot of free time. And, you do. And that part of learning, to, you know, those those spiritual disciplines um, of incorporating things and kind of practicing them and, 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 you know, trying it out and doing it in yeah. community with other believers is, you know, is a wonderful time. It so is. that when you leave college, you've got those things as part of kind of just the daily spiritual habits. Yeah, you've got the you've got the, the disciplines, yep. but also I would say uh, – so. What became my life verse during college is Matthew thirteen forty four. Okay. Matthew thirteen forty four says that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Mm. That when a man found it, with joy, he went and sold, sold everything. everything that he had. Yeah. So that he could have that field. Yeah. And so what I found is that as I framed my free time, like you said in college, having a lot of free time. Yeah. Around God, and around diving deep into my relationship with Him. Mm-hmm also in a relationship with other people, it was the most fun I'd ever had. It was the most fulfillment I'd ever found. Mm-hmm. And so not only is it forming the disciplines, which is super important, like you said, yep. but it's also uh, forming some of those experiences that as I left college and it was kind of like, oh, wow, like this is, this is hard. How yeah. do I do these things uh, post-college? There was not a uh, – I'd already – tasted and seen how how good God was and how good these things were. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a matter of okay, like how do I 
how do I do these yeah. and how do I continue these yeah. in that season? Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention one other thing since you said that there's college students that listen to this. Um, I actually preached a sermon last Thursday on these concepts. Yes. On discipleship, fellowship, devotional life, responsibility. So feel free to email me or uh, text me. Yeah. I don't know if you share contact I'll or if I should, it, I'll put it if I should share my you contact. Yeah. And you guys are welcome to reach out. I'll give a link to that or just sit down and have a longer conversation about life and whatever you're going through and how to implement these things. Yeah, because your next phase was law school, which has yes. a lot less time. It does. And so... <laughs> Especially that first year where, yeah. it has, where it literally has no time, no free time. Yeah. But once you have those spiritual disciplines, um, you want to continue them, mm-hmm. right? So even though time might be squeezed, right, you kind of have to go, okay, so what are the things that I have to squeeze out to keep the things in that are important to yeah. me? So fe- fellowship was probably harder. It was at law school because you weren't mm-hmm. surrounded by right a significant group of believers. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it, yeah. I would I would add in here that uh, it is it's a major transition going from finding fellowship as a single man uh-huh. and as a college student, and finding fellowship as a married man. That's right. And uh, as a household. Yeah. And my wife and I. For law school, we moved to Chicago, uh, outside of Texas, yep. outside of our comfort zone. Yep. Uh, and thanks be to God, only by His grace and sovereignty, there there were people that uh, that He had uh, brought together into Chicago yeah. at a similar time and a similar phase in life that we were able to. Uh, we actually called ourselves the Newlywed Squad. I like it. So two other couples that moved to Chicago in a similar timeline. They yep. were that Jesus was the most important person to them and uh, learning that new season of life yeah. together. But there was a lot of... Yeah, well, I'll say this. Finding I, fellowship I, was hard. I appreciate that you gave credit to God for bringing the community, um, but I'll give credit to you for looking for it, mm-hmm. right, and expecting that it'll be there, right, saying, hey, God, I need community, so I'm open to it, I'm looking for it, and I'm not just kind of saying I'm isolating, I'm going alone. I think so many people are not looking for Christian community, mm-hmm. right? They're isolated, they're alone, they're doing it by themselves, and it's like, no, I think God has people around you, you just have to put in the work to go find it. Yeah. I mean, and it really is, it's, you know, the spiritual discipline of getting up and going to church, right? Putting yourself where other believers are, and then being that friend, right? Looking for, you know, if you can, an older mentor, because mm-hmm. um, there's always older people wherever you are. So find one who's walking with the Lord, spend some time with them, right? And then yeah, that's young, key. younger people. But I think, you know, especially in that season of life where you need to build community of, of your own age people um, as you're doing life together, super, super important. So the fellowship yeah. part was important. Um, the part Can you want to. one more f- thing there. Oh, yep. Yeah. Just the importance of prayer, oh. of. Uh, you're, are you seeking community? Mm-hmm. Are you seeking fellowship? Pray. Yeah. Pray to the God who is way bigger and more powerful than any of us yeah. to provide those things. And then open your eyes and, like Dan said, go go look and yeah. see see where he provides. Maybe you have not because you ask not. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the, the importance of prayer. And then I wanted to touch on here uh, responsibility. Okay. So FDR. Okay. Uh, so responsibility in the context of college. First, and then I'll fast forward to law school briefly, and then we can kind of move on to yep. de- devotional life is what I told Dan I wanted to focus on. <laughs> we're today. getting there. We're getting there. Uh, and so responsibility that if you are older than a freshman in college, mm-hmm. you now have people who are coming behind you uh, entering the university who are where you were as yep. a freshman. Yep. They're new, new context. What, what does this look like? Uh, deer in the headlights. 
you're you're one step ahead of them. That's right. And so what responsibility practically looks like, go take them to lunch. Mm-hmm. Like if you you feel like you need a mentor, well, so does someone else who's coming behind you, mm-hmm. right? And uh, t- go just go take them to, to a meal. Go uh, sit with them, and here's what you do. You teach them what you know about Jesus, mm-hmm. what you learned in that first year of college, or, you know, if you kind of were in a season of rebellion, uh, what you have come to learn and what you want to learn yep. this next year, yep. and what you don't know, uh, learn together. And that's, that's what responsibility really looks like. Eat a meal with them every single week for that freshman year of college. By the end of the year, see where your friendship with them is, see how you've grown in your relationship with God, and see what kind of meaning you have found by taking someone else under your wing. Uh, you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to be a uh, certain skill set. You just have to show up. Yeah. I, so. I love that you put that under the responsibility. I'm reading uh, Rosario Butterfield's The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And, mm. you know, the, the concept is, is when I'm when I'm married and I have a family and I have a home, um, I need to have people into my home. I need to right, mm-hmm. bring people in. When, when you're in college, you don't have a home, right? But, you know, it's like you can go to the dorm, right? Yeah. And just say, hey, every Tuesday I'll meet you here for lunch. That's right. Um, I, I do love the idea of using food um, as a um, as a way to kind of make the mm-hmm. conversation, right, seem not so awkward. Yeah. Because, um, you know, just sitting down, studying the word and just talking. It's like, listen, we're just having lunch together. We're sharing. Um, but I do love how you put that under responsibility. I think mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to take what you know and to pass it on to others. Right. Yeah. All, always. I mean, you, you have not been blessed not to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God doesn't give you anything so that you're the end result of it. Right. It always needs to be a conduit you need to pass through. Yeah. So I love that. So you got fellowship, you got responsibility, but you wanted to focus on the D. Yeah. And so uh, I'll touch on, I guess, let's see. You know, we just talked about responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I love how these words kind of go together. Yep. And so uh, your ability to enter into that relationship that I was just, just describing of maybe someone who's younger than you, mm-hmm. if you are spending daily time with God, uh, extended time with God, abundant time with God, mm-hmm. what you are going to, what's going to come out of your bucket and what what you're going to be ready to to share with other people is going to be different, yeah. and it's going to be the Holy Spirit in you. And uh, also, if you want to see your devotional life go to a new level, uh, put it in the context of responsibility and fellowship. And what I mean by that specifically is, if you're taking seriously the the spiritual well being of a freshman in college, yep. they they're going to bleed into your prayer life. As you're reading God's word, you're going to have their burdens and their life in mind as well as your own. Uh, and God, he, he, I think he just truly blesses. He says that uh, he wants us to love him and to love each other. And I think when we take that seriously, he just opens himself up to us in new ways uh, by his spirit speaking to you and, and speaking life into those other people that uh, you're in relationship with. So that's a a little bit of uh, uh, kind of how they connect. Um, and then I guess we can kind of talk about devotional life yeah. a bit. Yeah, I, I do love how you mentioned. I, I think so many people who um, are stressed and anxious um, seem to be like alone as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, your your concept of saying, hey, if I'm, if I'm taking what I learn and I'm pouring it into somebody else, um, it also helps me not just focus on my own problems, mm-hmm. um, but now I've got somebody else's life 
um, that I'm, I'm constantly bringing to the Lord as well. So I'm not just constantly saying, hey, God, here's what I need, here's what I need, here's what I need. But yeah. it's how can you help me become the person who helps somebody else? Um, and you're taking their problems before the Lord as well. And I think that that helps, right? It does. It, it, yeah, it just it, it just does in that regard. Um, it's it's going to the gym, you know, at, at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? When I get up in the morning, do I want to go? But if I have somebody else, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, Chaz is going to be there. Okay, I'll go. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually helps you by having other people that you're pouring into. It does. Right? And, and it's it, counterintuitive because like what you're yeah. describing, if you're in a place of, of high stress or anxiety, mm-hmm. and I, I've been there. Um, we maybe talk about that at some point, but when you're feeling anxious, or you feel like something's not right inside of you, mm-hmm. the uh, tendency and natural reaction for me is to dig deep inside myself exactly. of that like what's going focus. on in it there. It just keeps on going, keeps on going. Yeah, yep. and and so the um, as as able the ability like just turning and getting involved in somebody else's life. Uh, counterintuitively can can become a, a way of healing, yeah. a way of moving forward, of getting out of your head, getting out of that space. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah, that's good. It was super important. So yeah, dig dig a little bit deeper than that into that devotion. Yeah, let's talk about devotional it. life. What does that look like? What does that mean? What have you learned? Mm-hmm. So what is that? What what do I mean by that concept? Um, devotional life. God is a person, mm-hmm. and He wants to relate with us. Yes. And devotional life, as I'm, what I mean by that is. God gives us the invitation, the opportunity every day to spend intentional time with him. Yeah. To to uh reorient our hearts towards him. And uh because our hearts are not naturally oriented towards God. And uh so God is a person. He's not you know, he's not quite the same as sitting across the table from Dan this morning, but <laughs> there's there's a lot we can learn from imagining God in that kind of way. Yeah. So every, the similarities are important. They are. Right? As, um, God, as God describes, right, chance is made in the image of God. What does mm-hmm. that help me do? It helps me, right, fashion an understanding of, hey, here's how I relate to Chaz, right? What's it mean to relate to God? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, start with what you know and can see and, and like have a personal experience with, yep. right? And then move on towards, okay, so how does God describe himself? And right, there's a lot of those relational aspects that you learn in doing life together with people mm-hmm. that you say, oh, well, that's similar to, right? Like, I mean, just, you know, similar things in a devotional life. Um, sin breaks a devotional life, right? Mm-hmm. Just like if I said something really awful and mean to you, it would hurt your feelings and it would hurt our relationship. So right. th- those things are true, right? Things yeah. can hurt the relationship and get in the way, right, of, of our connection with God, mm-hmm. right? He loves us as much, but, right, sin keeps you out of the Word of God. The Word of God helps keep you from sin. So those are things to relate to. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying, that there is so much that we can learn mm-hmm. just Thinking about God as a person, and just like you know and grow in intimacy and uh, grow in healthy relationship with other people, yep. apply that to your relationship with Start God. There. That's right. And so what that looks like for me practically is uh, on my calendar, it's called a meeting with God. Okay. And I like it. I have that every day. Okay. Uh, I have a, a an hour, a meeting with God, and things get planned around it. Yeah. And, uh, like, like we talked about before, like I'm, I'm an attorney, uh, have a, I don't think we've said this yet. I have a 10 month old son now and, uh, life is busy. Life is busy. Uh, and, <laughs> and a so, be- and a beautiful wife. Uh, yep. Madeline Rose, yeah. uh, another PCA grad, beautiful wife. And so life is busy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very calendared. And so for me, it looks like 
putting an hour meeting with God in my calendar yeah. every day and letting things get planned around that. Yeah. I, I um, literally just talked out. to a group of um, uh, seventh grade boys yesterday, okay? And I said, uh, you know, time with God, um, you have to kind of, you know, calendar it, you have to kind of program it. And I said, here's the thing, I have, you know, a bunch of attorney friends um, who, you know, calendar their whole day in 15 yep. minute segments, because you gotta, you gotta bill people. Yeah. But I said, here's the thing, if you've never done it before, it really is a very useful tool. You don't have to do it all the time, but take a week and just go ahead and say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to write down everything that I do during that week and just kind of, you know, get as nitpicky as you can and, mm-hmm. you know, focus on, oh, I, I did this, I did, I spent 30 minutes here, I spent, right, and just step back and look at your week and evaluate mm-hmm. it and say, ooh, there's a lot of wasted time in there. And I yeah. think that's a, that's a really important you know, concept. If you're looking at devotional life and you're saying, hey, listen, I want to go deeper and I want to spend some more time here, and well, I, but I don't have time. It's like, well, where are you spending the time? And yeah. is that the best use of your time? And I think that's a good reminder for us to say, oh, okay, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I spent two hours scrolling on social media. Okay, was yeah. that the best use of your time? I mean, that's. A, I think that's, that's a, a great, I great think piece you of advice. Constantly have to do that. Taking inventory, Taking of, inventory. of your time. Yep. Um, and so I think it, I, I want to. I'll, I'll share more about the concept of devotional life. I think it's a good time for a story of uh, freshman year of college. Okay. Uh, was one one of the first times in my life where I was just realizing how much I wanted a devotional life, mm-hmm. and uh, taking inventory of my time and realizing that a lot of my time was being spent playing FIFA, playing Xbox. Okay. And, uh, and so there, there, it can be easy as a college student or whatever stage of life to, um, take inventory, but not to see everything be like, man, I don't, I don't know if I have time for this. Like I need to study and I need to do this important thing. I need to do that important thing. But in reality, there was plenty of time to both study my main responsibility in that season and spend extravagant time with God what needed to happen for me was I needed to leave my Xbox at my parents' house. Yeah. And so not really what I wanted to do, but man, my, my relationship with God went to a whole new level by that simple choice of just, I knew I didn't have the self-control to have this in my dorm room with me. Sure. So just leave it at home. Yeah. And I, that I lo- for me. I love that. Sometimes we have to set up in a sense, kind of individual hurdles in our own life. Yes. Right? Of just saying, okay, I know this is a weakness. I know that mm-hmm. this is something that really I struggle with. Um, I'm always a guy who says, you know, do the important things first if you can, right? Mm-hmm. So, if, hey, if I want to play FIFA, right? Well, okay, well, here's the things I have to get done before I get to FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if you're like, oh, you know, I'll, 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 you know, I'll go play FIFA and I'll leave the important things for later. It's like, okay, well, then move it. Move yeah. it somewhere else. Put it, yeah. put it at your parents' house. Leave it somewhere else, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, once you learn those disciplines, then you can add things back into your life. But I think, yeah, yeah having a, a real good assessment, an honest inventory of things, and then making some hard decisions and setting off on the course is a really smart thing to do. Yeah. And so... um there, yeah, uh, there were plenty of other outlet, like, you know, FIFA could be that outlet for me, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of other healthy outlets that didn't involve that for me. So for me, yeah. that, that needed to go. Uh, but sometimes it's just a matter of reprioritizing. I love and, it. Um, but yeah, and so devotional life, my meeting with God, but what, what do I actually do in that? I like it. What do you, well, yeah. and, uh, which, book, which can change. Seasons yes, change. Exactly. So big I love time, that. Big yep. time. But a uh, book recommendation here. Okay. Uh, Celebration of Discipline. By Richard Foster. One of the great ones. Great book. Yeah. And uh, so you have this meeting with God. You, you think it's a good idea. Well, typically involves the Bible. Yeah. Uh, typically involves, for me, a journal that I write my prayers in. But um, to kind of keep it keep it uh, abstract a little bit, uh, 
prayer, meditating on the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, fasting. Um, Whoa, he went there. Yeah, no, man, <laughs> fasting uh, is, we could to, talk about give, that for a while. Okay, give, give, give the listeners, right, because it really is a lost concept, right? Mm-hmm. So I think most of the people listening, when you said fasting, right, it's, uh, you, you know, they're thinking, oh, you know, that's kind of the big dietary thing now that people mm-hmm. are, you know, fasting, right? Uh, okay. It's the same idea, right? You're not putting food in, right? But why why would you say that fasting is important? So uh, it's just an example that we're given in Scripture of how to how to draw near to God. Okay, it's just like when I think spiritual discipline, I think and and fasting being one of them. Yep, I think way like way decisions we can make, choices we can make that help us to draw near to God. Yeah. And uh, so fasting is just over and over in the scriptures. It's what godly people do. Yeah. And so as I was trying to seek godliness and seek God, fasting just became um, something I wanted to try. Yeah. And um, so we could, you know, again, you can reach out to me. We can talk more about it yeah. in, in this current I, season I, of life. I love fasting because... Um, it reminds you what a physical creature you are. Yeah. And I don't think we get reminded of this often enough um, in a sense how weak we are and how God, how strong God is. Mm-hmm. And so that, that constant right reminder of, you know, Hey, I'm hungry. Um, but what am I really hungry for? Mm-hmm. I, I was created to have a relationship with God. Right. So I easily fall into the human right appetites that I have. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the heavenly appetite of spending time with God, right? Not yeah. that the human appetites aren't important, right? Not that, you know, well, eating's not important. It's like, of course it's important, <laughs> right? You want to feel yeah. your body. But, right, spending time with God, right, eating the word. I mean, literally he says, right, you know, taste and eat, right? I mean, takes up the scroll, puts it in your mouth, tastes as sweet as honey, and it's bitter going down. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, it's, it does both, <laughs> right? It's sweet mm-hmm. you know, to the soul, but it also convicts a little bit, Um but like that reminder to you of of really like you need to put things in your life that take into account the weaknesses that you have yeah. is a really important aspect for you. And I think as you read through the Old Testament, especially, right, you see, um, you know, well, if I were there, right, I would never. And you go, okay, here's the deal. The nation of Israel, right, they get, you know, removed from slavery. And, you know, five seconds later, they're asking to go back in. Yeah. Right? And you're like, what, what in the world happened? It's like, that's you. It is. <laughs> right? You don't understand mm-hmm. how quickly you can turn from God and put the idols of the world in your life. And yeah. I think fasting is a great just kind of, oh, I really am weak. Yeah, my, my experience of fasting has, has typically been uh, I just feel hungry and start to lose energy mm-hmm. when I actually am fasting. Uh, but at some point during it, or usually right after it, it's like, all right, God in some mysterious way has yeah. revealed himself to me in his yeah. kindness in a new way. Yeah. Um, through this experience. I compare fasting to um, Colorado, and you've been there, right? Family camp, mm-hmm. Sky Ranch. Um, you go there, and at night, they have a thing where you go, you lay out, lay out in the grass, right? Mm-hmm. And you look up, and what do you see when you look up at a, at a night sky in Colorado? It's beautiful. Yeah, stars. The most stars I've ever seen. Right. Now, in Dallas, there are no stars at night, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, I walk outside my house, I look up, and it's like, I see an airplane. Um, and the crazy thing is, is like, there are just as many stars in the sky when I look up in Dallas as there are in Colorado. Well, why can't I see them in Dallas? And it is because it's the, the light noise, right, that keeps me, my eyes from seeing, right, the stars. And the concept mm-hmm. of fasting is, right, I want to fast from something so that I can feast on the Word of God. Yeah. 
right? I want to remove something that's in a sense kind of inhibiting me from really diving into and understanding God's word. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like for me, it's like, okay, I want to make sure that I, I remember that when I went to Colorado and I looked up and I was like, wow, look at all the stars. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the experience when you go to the word of God that you want to have. Yeah. How do I get that? Well, you got to remove some of the noise that's mm-hmm. in your life. You got to fast. Yeah. So good, good picture for me. It is. That is a good picture. So right now, uh, every other Friday from Thursday dinner to Friday dinner. Okay. One of my best friends, Adam and I, uh, fast. Yeah. And so great thing to do in community. Do it it's with a great else. Th- all that. The, like I was saying, all these words really do belong together. Yeah. Like devotional life is focused on these usually individual spiritual disciplines and yeah. how how can we uh, grow closer to God, but in the context of fellowship. Yeah. That Adam and I every other Friday, you know, we're doing this fast and. Uh, you you just yeah you have you have that extra thirty minutes or hour yep. where normally you might be where I might be grabbing lunch, and I get to pray, and uh, so it's a it's a wonderful thing. And then what's the devotional life look like for you as far as far as like your time in the Word? Have mm-hmm. you started kind of different seasons? Because mm-hmm. I've done you know dozens of different things. I've soaked, yeah, soaked yeah. in a book for six months. I've read through the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. Right. I've focused on a particular topic I wanted to learn yep. more about. I mean, that's the, I think that's the creativity. Of, yes. Like the word never gets old because it's like, just go to it in a different way this time. Go spend yeah. some time in the Psalms this year. It's like, what? Yeah. Spend a whole year in the Psalms. Yep. Right. And I, next year do something different. I, de- I love that you use that word creativity because I, I wanted to mention that, that we all are created different Yep. and we all have unique personalities. Take that right into devotional life absolutely and give yourself some some grace and patience like this is a something to grow into over time absolutely and that you that changes in different seasons so yeah yeah, so like you said um i've also gone through some seasons where i'm memorizing scripture yes that's how i spend some of that time uh some seasons where i'm reading through the whole bible over the course of a year like you said and and so maybe a, a larger chunk of that uh meeting is spent reading the scriptures. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about it, if you read through the Bible in a year, right, it's like about three, three and a half chapter mm-hmm. or three and a half, yeah, chapters. Um, and so you're, you're kind of running through things, yeah. right? Now, it's, it's a 30,000 view. Yeah, when you're in Leviticus and Numbers, yeah, running through, <laughs> it's like... Right. Whew, Leviticus, I, Leviticus is pretty good, okay. but uh, Numbers is a lot of numbers. No, and okay. one, one of my favorite things to tell people is like, if you're reading through the Bible, right, starting from Genesis, going to the Revelation, my thing is read until you get to the donkey. <laughs> people are always like, what? I'm like, just listen, I know it's going to get that, tough. Where is that? Numbers 23. Number, numbers. But I'm always like, read, take it to the donkey. Because yeah. by the time you get to the donkey, right? And people are like, oh, and then they get to the donkey and you're like, I'm at kind of at the end of numbers. And then I get Deuteronomy and, you know, and then it kind of goes on. Uh-huh. But it, it does. That's it, good. I like it gets that. A little, it gets a little slow there, uh-huh. but you got to kind of so push through. So one, uh, one Bible reading plan that I've done probably four of the last six years. Okay. Absolutely love. What do you have? McShane reading plan. McShane, McShane reading, reading plan. plan. Okay. Again, you can, you're welcome to ask me about that. Yeah. Um, I can share that with you. And yeah. so it starts you in Genesis, Ezra, Matthew, and Acts. Perfect. And you read just one chapter a day. So it ends up taking you through, uh, it's, it's a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the Old Testament once, except for Psalms twice and the New Testament twice. Cool. Because you're reading four chapters a day yeah. instead of three. 
And so it's a lot of reading. You don't have to do it in a year, but it has 365 okay, that, readings. You said it's a lot of reading. That's about 20-ish, 25 minutes of reading yeah, a day. again. That's yeah. not a lot. It's I mean, not. You and, I, you and I went to law school. Right. That was a lot that's of reading. Why, that's why I, I say a lot of reading because <laughs> yeah. not everyone's an attorney. Exactly. Yeah. For, the, for, <laughs> for those of you who are, that is not a lot of reading. Um, but a 20-minute reading time and then some prayer, some um, opportunity to kind of um, soak in it. Yes. Right? That, that, that's why that, that's why I yeah. set aside an hour. Yeah. Because the reason why I pick a time, the same reason, like you normally pick a, a time frame when you're spending time with the person. Totally. Like like Dan and I were talking about, yep. like taking what you learn about people and applying it to God. So you spend a, a set amount of time. You you don't like I don't have enough things to fill all of that time on purpose. Right. Because when you're meeting with the person, you want to have time to linger. You don't want to have an agenda that takes I, you through the entire hour. Yes. And so even with a pretty in-depth reading plan like the McShane plan, there's still plenty of time to linger on specific passages. I like that. And just linger in the presence of God. Yeah. Because that's that's what's happening is I am, God is with me all throughout the day, but I am setting aside time to intentionally focus on him and sit with him. And uh, I I also mentioned the McShane reading plan because you were talking about Leviticus. And what I love about it is you're in four different parts of the Bible at one time. And so even if you're working your way through yeah. numbers, yeah. you're also, you know, in one of Paul's letters yeah. and in the Psalms. Yeah. And you got some heavy sledding over here, but so, a little bit easier push yeah, over there. Like there's no boring day. Yeah. I get, I get um, kind of lost um, with my time in Scripture because I take rabbit trails on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also realized that that's kind of how God speaks to me. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of right, I'll you just kind of hyper focus mm-hmm. on that. Ooh, why did it say this? And you know, I get lost in directions. Anytime there's a direction, um, anytime there's a number in Scripture, right? I mean, just, you know, so those things. It's I'll, I'll find myself just kind of like looking up and see, you know, did that number come up anywhere else? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Peter and the 153 fish, right? It's like why 153? I mean, why did he? Why did he put the number down? And I, mm. you know, but that's that's kind of you know, as you said, the creativity part. That yeah. that's what speaks to me, and I find you know fascinating and interesting. So yeah, um, yeah, part part and, of the and, devotional life is letting those things run and it having is. fun with it. And my my devotional life really took off as a freshman in college. Cool. I, I went through seasons of it yep. um, in high school and in middle school. Um, and I, I before I tell the story, I was going to tell another little tangent. Uh, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. So good. So good. Uh, the man just oozes yeah. a passion for God. Yeah. And there's just nothing nothing better in this world. And so that book was, was very impactful yeah. for me on like... And relatively short. It's like very, yeah, it's 10 chapters. Pages, something like that. And so. each chapter is very short. Yes. Um, very good read. Very good read. And and so the story that I was going to tell... Oh, yeah. So my freshman year of college, uh-huh. uh, I was reading through the Bible right. and reading words like love or uh, the fear of the Lord or peace or integrity. And, you know, like the Proverbs and other places say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or just kind of puts the fear of the Lord in this very, uh, like, okay, you get this, you're going to get a lot of other amazing things. What does that actually mean? Like, what is the fear of the Lord? And 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 so my devotional life that year looked like, okay, I just wrote down these 10 words that perhaps I've heard so many times Mm. if if you grew up in the faith heard these words so many times like what does love as it is used in the bible actually mean 
You, you can spend – so I would spend a week or two at a time. <laughs> you spend a lifetime looking at that. You can. But, yeah. um, but it was yeah. how I framed my devotional life yeah. in that season. Yeah. Um, I think ask, yeah, asking good questions and, and searching for them um, is part of the devotional life. So it's mm-hmm. not just reading and saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? It's, okay, well, what does this mean, mm-hmm. right? And then what does it mean to me is kind of that second aspect of it. But I, I love that. I mean, yeah. just, just re- wrestling with the, the meaning of it, find a good commentary, mm-hmm. uh, find some people that you like, um, you know, Logos, great Bible software. Yeah, has a bunch of different things you can attach to. And so. part of that uh, season of devotion life was also asking other people. Oh, yeah. Like I had 10 or 12 people that every week they knew they were going to hear from me That's right. of, hey, how would you how would you understand and you know a paragraph back from ten people that I respect yeah. would help me to grow in that an understanding of love and peace and the fear of the Lord and what I found is uh like I would actually there there was like there's this one day where I was studying the fear of the Lord and I was just like walking to class like whoa like this is just great like mm. God is amazing and i don't know you just have like moments like that when yeah. you're really entering into devotional life where yeah. god god yeah. shows up um yeah it's kind of kind of interesting how god kind of breaks through but it's the same thing in a relationship right mm-hmm. you have moments of right like an intense closeness with mm-hmm. somebody and then you have moments of you know kind of like distance and you're like yeah. well, why are we distant and you kind of work through that but yeah. you go through enough yeah. cycles like that yeah. you learn okay, this relationship is still worth it. Yeah. And so I'm still going to show up every day and I'm going to bring that to God. Like, Amen. okay, God, I'm, I'm in a week of feeling a little bit distant from yeah. you. Like what's yeah. going on in my yeah. life and yeah. in my heart that is causing that? Yeah. And he will faithfully lead through that. Uh, so yeah, I've had seasons with McShane, had seasons where I'm zoomed in on one book of the Bible mm-hmm. for a year, like, like you said, of just maybe focusing on the Psalms or the New Testament. So I've had a, a whole year where I was just reading Colossians and, yeah. and memorizing Colossians. Love it. And um, so be create. I think the two uh, overarching takeaways are uh, you have to set aside the time. Yep, got to like, time. That's that's the you got to set aside the time. And then from there, though, I mean, Bible prayer. But if you're setting aside the time, there's there's room for God to lead and the unique person that you are, uh, patience with yourself over time, yeah. surrounding yourself with godly people around you and just yeah. see what God does with your devotional life and how he draws you unto himself. Yeah, I love it. So we have um, FDR, right? Fellowship, yep. devotional life, responsibility. Mm-hmm. Three things, right, to kind of... Kind of key, key tenets of the, of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And we got more we can pick up on the next one. So oh, for sure. Lots, lots more that you can share. So, Chaz, I pre- appreciate you taking some time and sharing that journey. I know a lot of young guys are kind of, you know, chewing on that for a while, and that'll mm-hmm. that'll really help them in uh, in their walk um, as they grow towards manhood. So, well, thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also. Check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.